Before we actually get started with this video, I just wanted to remind you guys to please hit the subscribe button below or if you have any questions at all after you're done watching this video, feel free to leave a question in the comment section below. If you want more information on you know what it is that I do, any of my training courses or anything like that, please feel free to click on the links in the description below. Okay, I got everything from Instagram if you want to follow me, if you want to join my Facebook mastermind group or whatever it is that you want, all my information is going to be in the description below. If you are listening in on podcasts or you're watching this on IGTV and there's no description below, then please go to this website, www.peterchanjr.com forward slash learn more. Okay, again, that's www.peterchanjr.com forward slash learn more and all my information's on there. All right, that's it. Thank you guys and please enjoy this video. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, welcome to another episode. Today, we actually have a very special guest, um, a good friend of mine, actually, like someone we've actually partnered up with on a couple deals and done different things um, along the way. Um, someone that I think I met several, several years ago at an uh, internet marketing conference. And then ever since then, we've kind of just been connecting. He's actually been traveling all over the world, doing all sorts of different things. He's working full time on the internet. Um, Kevin, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm right here. Thanks for the introduction, Peter. Yeah, so Kevin's actually um, an email marketer, an e-commerce expert. He's done multiple millions of dollars on e-commerce. Um, young man, young guy, um, still in his early 20s, just traveling the world, making money online, building out an email marketing agency. Kevin, can you go ahead and just tell them you know, who you are, how you got started, and just what you do? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Well, mid twenties now. I'm not not early twenties anymore, sadly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've been in the ecom game for a while, Peter. I think I think we met like at uh, Chris Records event way in the past. Like that had to be like 2015 or something like that, way long ago. Um, but yeah, I've been doing uh, e-commerce for since then. Uh, the store I created all the way back then is still running to this day. Um, we we're doing a little bit over. Um, over a million dollars in sales each year consistently. And uh, yeah, I've recently ventured over into like uh, email marketing agency uh, and been trying to grow that a lot recently too. Cool. So yeah, so tell us how you got started. Um, what, how old were you when you first got started? And what was it like when you first started doing this thing? Were, were you still in college or like, did you always want to be like an entrepreneur, you know, if you will, like one of those Ty Lopez type of guy that travels the world, makes money online? Or what were your actual goals like growing up as a child and everything? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a dream for everyone, right? <laughs> Travel the world, go do all that kind of cool stuff. Um, but actually, um, getting into this was actually uh, my motivations. I, I kind of like fell my way into entrepreneurship. You know, growing up, I never really thought about what I wanted to be or anything. And uh, funny enough, it was like, it was when I met our, our friend Gil, who actually uh, started convincing me to uh, get into entrepreneurship. Uh, Gil and I actually, we... Um, we used to like go out and uh, pick up girls together and uh, <laughs> way back when, like, uh, did you know, like he had like a lair that he used to run or like a group of guys he used to teach? Oh, really? I had no idea. Actually, I uh, think we're, we're going to get, yeah, we're going to get Gil. If you guys don't know Gil, he's actually pretty big on TikTok right now, but we're going to get him on a different episode if we haven't already gotten him already. But yeah, go ahead. And, um, what happened with the lair? 
or what, what was he doing? <laughs> yeah, so so I was 18 at the time, you know. I went to like an all-guys high school, and uh, you know, my ex-girlfriend just broke up with me. So I was like, ah, you know, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna find out how to meet women and whatnot? So as a nerd I was, I looked up online. I was like, how to get girlfriends? <laughs> and uh, someone upon my way into finding this group on Facebook that Gil had running called like the Connecticut Pickup Blair. And it was pretty much just a group of like guys going out, learning how to get better with women, you know, the whole entire pickup scene. And uh, Gil kind of took me underneath his wing. He started, he started saying like things like, yeah, bro, if you want to learn how to get more girls, like learn how to make money, start reading these books like four, four hour work week. Uh, so start reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and all that kind of other stuff. So eventually after consuming all that knowledge and everything, I was like, ah, oh, entrepreneurship sounds like a really good idea to get into. And uh, probably fast forward a few years later and then like you know facebook ads start like really going really like powerful i think it was like 2014 or 15 that they just started like releasing that platform and gil gets into teespring gil gets into shopify so i see how much money he's making in that i'm like oh if i just followed suit and started up um i own like a uh, business i'm uh trying it out seeing what i can do and end up working like really well yeah, so that's kind of how you got started. Um, that's crazy. So it's an interesting story. Did you did you um go to college at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, all this was uh, going on during like university. So um, yeah, I went to University of Connecticut, and um, I mean, it doesn't really have much of an entrepreneurship mindset there. But um, yeah, it was it was kind of kind of difficult running the business while also going to class at the same time. I still had to try to focus on my studies while also trying to scale up a business, and that that got a little complicated. Yeah. So you went in there, you built an actual business um, while going to school part-time, right? Kind of like a 50-50 thing. Was that well, full-time school, full-time business? So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you got into both of them. How did you, how did you learn how to build a business? Just through um, Gil? Yeah, through Gil mostly, through the books that I like you read, through, um, you know, I, I think Chris Records, like Dark Post Profits, like helped me out with the Facebook ads back in the day. Um, a bunch of online courses that I would take. I can't remember the, the ones I, I took way long ago, but there's like a plethora of them out there. So I just started like devouring that information. And then, um, you know, it pretty much gave the foundation blocks to um, create whatever I wanted to create. Yeah. So pretty classic story, right? Young man broke up with his girlfriend, looking to get girls, <laughs> um, going to college at the same time, trying to balance that out. And it runs into an entrepreneurship, right? Whether it be through books or he met a friend in this scenario, he met a friend that was actually doing well on it. Um, a buddy of ours, Gil, um, was selling, you know, products on Teespring, um, t-shirts on Teespring at the time, doing Shopify, drop shipping products from AliExpress, just selling all sorts of random products. And that's kind of how you learned it all. So after college, did you, you graduated, right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually graduated. Um, that was a hard decision. Uh, I started making money. Um, when I started making money <laughs> 2015. Like so yeah. So I was a junior, I was going to my junior year. It was actually when I was uh, actually moving into my uh, college dorm or my college apartment my junior year, I get my first sale on Shopify. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> this is actually working. I just profited off of this. And I was so excited. And then like I started scaling up even more and more and more. And eventually by the end of that year, I was getting to like a thousand dollars revenue a day. And, and then like, I really had considered probably the end of junior year, like whether I was gonna like drop out or whether I was gonna like continue like going through college. And uh, you know, I was like really, really weighing it like the pros and cons, um, you know, like I, like I, I study economics, so like, um, I, I was kind of interested in the study uh, of itself, but you know, I also knew it wasn't like that practical of a skill. Um, like, like I didn't ever want to like have to work for someone or anything like that. So, um, 
it was, it was probably during like my finals junior year where I was like, I actually like wrote out a whole entire chart. I was like, should I stay in school or should I leave school? <laughs> I was like pros and cons, like blah, 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 a giant whiteboard and everything. Uh, but what made me stay in school, actually finished my degree, was uh, probably the same reason I got into entrepreneurship in the first place. Uh, I was in a fraternity, so it gave me, uh, gave me access to lots of parties and uh, a lot of fun. So I only finished school just to stay part of my fraternity. And um, uh, I, I think it was worth it. You know, I yeah. mean, it was an expensive party bill, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you only have one more year left. Might as well just Two, see it through. Yeah, yeah. Know? At that point, yeah. One year left. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, stu the studies were getting actually kind of rolling the last new year, like, like, I think I, I stressed more about finishing my degree that year than, than, than uh, growing my business. That was, yeah, because, like, we had to write a thesis and everything. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> after, after school, you probably didn't even apply for jobs or do anything after, huh? Oh, no, absolutely not. No, I already had a sta um, stable enough-ish income. I had enough savings just for my e-com. Uh -huh. Yeah, because I started leaving school, and I was thinking, like, well, I had this amount saved up. Um, if everything fails, I can, like, you know, live for a while and figure out another business. Yeah. And so I, I was like just going full, full, full steam ahead. Did you, did you, um, did you like get any college debt or anything like that? College what? Debt. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you end up getting rid of those with the e-commerce money? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I still have it. Um, like I'm just like paying off like consistently. Like I'd rather yeah. keep like money, uh, my capital to for the business. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That a, makes sense. I study economics, so <laughs> I yeah. was like, the, the percentage I'm paying back right now makes sense for me to just pay it over the long term, and yeah. then like take the capital I have and invest in other things I see like can give me a higher return than what mm -hmm. I'm paying back in debt. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so with e-commerce, when you first started, uh, like let's say let's go into the tactical sides with, with e-commerce, and you kind of like went out there and you started building out the Shopify store. What kind of was like the thought process you had? Um, in terms of what are you selling, traffic strategies, and things like that back then, not today, but how, how yeah. was it like back then? <laughs> so I was, uh, I was actually like really uh, scrappy when I started. So like my e-com store, it's a unique Greek store. We sell fraternity and sorority goods, and uh, we're really niched out in that. And uh, I got this idea from I was sitting down next to sorority girls in class and everything, and you know I'll attention but like you know just good, good to conversate throughout the class i noticed like um uh, i noticed that they would always uh be online shopping for their new sorority clothing and everything every single day i'm like okay, pay attention class <laughs> and uh and then like i didn't really click until later that like oh that's a really good idea i should try like target that market because like people have like such a demand i knew i was being a part of a fraternity myself like i would always like want to wear the t-shirt want to wear the apparel and like have our flags and everything so I knew like there were a lot of passionate people like that. And um, in fact, uh, there was a, uh, so I was part of Fiji and we had a Fiji t-shirt exchange on Facebook. It was a Facebook group where people can post t-shirts they had, see who wants them. And uh, so I was like, oh, I can get some, I can just get all my ideas just from this Facebook group to see like good design t-shirts and just start like copying them. And then I, I decided to scale that up and I, I created a face, fake Facebook um, called like Sammy Stevens, where I was a fake female. I would join all the sorority groups too. <laughs> so I joined all these sorority girls uh, Facebook groups, and and on that it was even more like lucrative. It was, it was um, they had uh, pictures of everything about uh, t-shirts that they wanted to post. But not only that, they were like say like, oh, if you want this t-shirt, post your uh, post your email, 
And then like hundreds, like hundreds, like 500, like uh, thousand girls would post their emails on these posts that want the, want this t-shirt. So I was like, oh, I'll just get this t-shirt and then I'll just email these girls on, on my like mailer light account. And then, and that eventually got me enough like money. So like feeling confident, like, okay, I have enough money coming in for the email marketing part of it. I can start like running some Facebook ads and then just do some like basic like target interest, like about like, you know, what group there are and just like target interest that. And it just ended up scaling like that. Dude, that is hilarious. <laughs> that is a funny story. So you actually went out there and made a female um, Facebook profile with probably a really pretty girl and things like that. And you joined exactly, these yeah. <laughs> and started selling shirts to them. That's funny. I mean, yeah. And then from there, that's when the, the brand, quote unquote, the brand actually started, right? And then from there, now you're on moving on to big things like subscription models. Mm -hmm. um, yep email marketing agency and things like that. So that's crazy. So talk to us about today's game. You know, that's kind of like the, like the building blocks of the business when it first grew, right? How is it, how does it look right, like right now with the, the same company? Yeah. Yeah. So this company, it, it looks, um, obviously, you know, I don't do any of that scrappy stuff anymore. I don't have time for that. I don't think the ROI is there anymore for that. It's great to make your first few blogs, but, um, it's, it's a waste of effort now. I, I don't even think those groups exist anymore. I think people like me exploited the fuck out of that. Um, uh, but now it looks like I run Facebook ads, of course. Facebook ads are still like uh, bread and butter for the business. Um, I, I've changed up the Facebook ad strategy a little bit. Um, now, now I specifically, I don't, I have not touched my Facebook ad accounts since like 2018. Uh, I say you're not and just been running the same ads ever since. Um, because I have, um, I use uh, dynamic ads for that which I can like pretty much like target like the sorority group. And as I target the sorority group, the dynamic ads are linked up to my Shopify. So then as soon as I add new products to that sorority or fraternity, like it gets automatically updated in the ad, uh, the advert. And then, uh, so my ads are constantly updating automatically. And so those ads are constantly fresh and they constantly have new products to show my audience. And uh, pretty much I just like scale up the budget up and up or down and just keep it consistent like that. It's just super easy to like maintain. Um, also run some Google ads, email marketing is a huge part of it. Now that I'm a bigger brand, uh, we, we do about like 30 to 40% of our revenue through email marketing. And that's just cause like, you know, it's a very targeted, uh, persona that we sell to. And, uh, we have a bunch of like cool, like, uh, secret hacks about email marketing that we like to do too in business. Like, um, we just like to target people where they're at in the customer journey. And, uh, that's been like really game changer. And then, and then also like our third, our last traffic source is, uh, SEO, um, my buddy Alex is a total like SEO wizard. He knows everything about SEO. He does like the, the top, uh, he does the SEO for like, ammo.com, which is like, if you just type in ammo, it's just the first website that comes up. And he would give me a bunch of tips and I just still am like, fuck that. And I just bought some backlinks on like Black Hat World and that's been going fine for me. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how the business looks now. Sheesh, that's crazy. So damn, so you have a, a business that caters to a very, very specific niche audience. And this niche yep. audience every year gets a whole new like group of people that jumps into the niche, you know, because every year exactly, yep. new seniors come in, graduate high school, they jump into college, they're, you know, freshmen, especially they're really into joining frats. They want to get all the pretty girls, all the pretty girls want to get all the guys and they go in there and, and you're just selling to this niche audience that really only you're really like the only store that's dominating in this niche. I don't know if you've done like 
scoping out on your competitors, but it seems like you're really dominating this niche, which is probably the reason why your email marketing game is also doing so well, you know, cause you know the mm -hmm. niche so well, you're speaking the same language as they are. I'm sure you're writing better like email marketing space, not just new shirt release, you know, it's an actual mm -hmm. um, communication with them depending on, you know, time of day, the year it is, um, what, you know, what's going on in their day-to-day -day lives. Because I know during like, you know, fraternity, there's a certain season where it's like, everyone's rushing in. There's certain, you know, Christmas time and things like that. And there's also like times where it's like time to party and rage. So you got to like mm -hmm. buy your gear. So that's actually really <laughs> powerful. Like let's, let's segue a little bit into email marketing, right? Right now, yeah. email marketing is a almost ne necessary. It's a necessity because so many marketers right now are trying to pay money for, you know, Facebook ads and Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube ads and things like that. But the cost of these platforms are naturally going to go up. That's just how it's going to be. The reason why is you got big guys like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez. They're pretty much preaching the choir, trying to get every big fortune 500 company to drop an arm and a leg on advertising, which makes it hard for us younger, uh, lower level home businesses, right? To try to actually compete against Coca-Cola or Nike. So therefore the ads are naturally going to go up. Facebook is naturally going to raise the cost and things like that. So for us to build an email list, it's literally to build like a brand to connect with our audience. Talk to us about email marketing and, and why you feel it's like so powerful. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I totally agree with you. Like Facebook ad costs are not the same like as they were in 2015. Like 2015, you just, you, you, anything could work. Anything could work. Um, and it was actually like in my business, it was like a pivotal point of like, I would say, going into about 2018 around that point where I just started noticing like, you know, ad costs are getting really high. Like I'm, I'm not able to scale as much as I want to because I'm barely making a, like a, a ROAS on like the front end ads. And then like I, I devoured Ezra's course. Ezra has like really good course on email marketing. Um, I devoured Ezra that. Firestone, right? Yeah. Ezra Firestone. Um, great course on it. Uh, highly recommend, but yeah, I devoured that implemented all that. And I started noticing like I'm making like, my ads are like uh, getting higher ROAS because then uh, people will come by. Maybe they don't buy right now. Then I would have a pop-up on my website to try to get uh, collect a lead. Um, so if they're not interested right now, I now can reach out to them again for free, uh, more or less, and I can convince them to come back and buy from this uh, from the shop. And um, and now that I'm also like collecting this whole entire list of people who already bought from me in the past, I can start like re-advertising to them and then remarketing them and then sending them new products. So my, overall, my customer lifetime value just increases so much. And uh, at that point, like I started seeing my ROAS start even going up even more where I can like now put even more money into Facebook ads because I knew it would be profitable at scale. And uh, overall, it's just like, I, I really think email marketing is like, what kind of like save my business from like maybe going over under in 2018, having to pivot over and like really learn that skill and really perfect it. Um, allowed me to compete, allowed me to advertise more than my competitors could advertise because they, they don't have a good strategy. You know, they're not going to get success on these ad platforms. So it allowed me to like pay more per customer. So yeah, it's been a total game changer for me. Yeah. So would you recommend or even like talk like, rec not, not so much recommend, but like be okay with if your ads in the front end kind of break even? To acquire customers. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, in fact, like that's that's the metric I look at. I keep them running until they bring it even. I'm happy. Um, even they're, if they're at like a slight loss, sometimes I'm not even like, that worried about it because I know um, I know on the back end I'm gonna get them. I, I even like track down the metrics of how many people like even like signed up to like a lead form. I even track those metrics. So, so like those ads, I know like oh, 200 people signed up today from uh, from my advertising like on my pop up form. So I know out of that I can like be able to convert some of those people. And, um, so yeah, it makes you like, 
makes you like care less about making the front end turn right away. Yeah. So just just to kind of reiterate what he was saying, okay, a lot of times when you watch these old like the old school consensus of e-commerce is you go out there to AliExpress or you post a t-shirt up or whatever. And if the product is going to bring you back, let's say $30 um, after cost of goods sold, right? You're going to make $30 per sale on selling this product. You don't necessarily need to try to profit off the front end, right? If you give Facebook $30 and they give you one sale, you can be like, Peter, this is not a high converting product. This is horrible. I'm breaking even for every $30 I give Facebook, they give me one sale. So I'm paying per purchase, $30, right? That might be true. Back in 2015, we might complain about that. You know, we might be like, oh, this product's breaking even. I'm just going to trash it and try to find a higher ROI product. Because I'll tell you right now, in 2016, at scale, doing 20K a day, I was able to just spend like three or four grand a day to make 20K in revenue, you know? And that's, that's we're talking about three or four X ROI back in 2016, 2015. Now, 2020, 2021, you're looking at breaking even. And like Kevin said, some companies will even lose money on the front end, knowing that they're going to re they're going to get it back on the back end. Okay. And I'll give you an example of this. Okay. If you go to the movie theaters, there's some, and this is like, you know, COVID-19 movie theaters are closed and you know, there's a rumor that they might close for good just because Netflix and things like that are getting so big. But traditionally, right. When you go to the movie theaters and you give them $10 to go watch the movie, they don't actually make any profit at all from that $10. You know, that $10 might cover the cost of the movie that they need to pay the movie company to have the movie there. It might cover the employees, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit not. The insurance, the lighting and things like that. But where the profits actually come in is from the popcorn and the soda and the candy. That's why they're so dang expensive, you know, $10 for popcorn, $10 for soda. Before you know it, you're not really paying $10 a movie. You're paying almost $30 a movie. If you want to get like the popcorn and things like that, that's pretty much what we're saying. You know, a lot of times it's okay to break even or even lose a little bit of money on the front end, but you got to make sure your email marketing game is set up properly. And that's where a lot of e-com marketers, especially like the, the newbies, right? The beginners, they're always out there searching on AliExpress or always trying to get the next Donald Trump quote or the next saying, I mean, that works for sure. Okay. For sure. You can find a hot product that can get you big, big ROI. There's always going to be that guru that, you know, lives in Asia that's doing black hat marketing. That's selling all sorts of, you know, NBA gear or whatever. And they're getting an ROI <laughs> on the front end. You know, there's always going to be that type of stuff. Um, but that's not something you should shoot for if you want long-term results especially if you want to build an actual brand that's been as consistent as, as Kevin's stories, you know? Hey guys, what's up? So I'm assuming that you're really, really enjoying this content right now, because if you've made it this far into the video, you probably really love the content. So I'm going to be really fast with you here because I want to get you back to the content. How would you like to build your own online business? Not some get rich quick scheme or nothing MLM or network marketing where you actually got to go out and recruit people, but I'm talking about a real life e-commerce business that does not require AliExpress or, or any high upfront costs or techie skills. If you want me to show you how I was able to build my own online business and actually do multiple seven figures in sales with my Shopify stores, or also how a bunch of my students were also able to generate either their first dollar online up to even a million dollars online. If this is something you're interested in, if you're out there trying to figure out how to build your own Shopify store the legit real way and actually learn from someone who's have a proven track record as well as a bunch of students that have done the same, then after this call or this, this um, video that you're watching, you guys can click below in the description section 
Um, and the link will actually take you to a free training that I created. And guys, it's not a fake, fake free webinar where I'm going to pitch you a $2,000 course or anything like that. It's actually just a free training. You guys can go ahead and check it out in the link in the description. If you're listening to this on podcast or, you know, some other um, channel where there's no link in the description, just go to www.peterchanjr.com forward slash ecom. Again, that's peterchanjr.com forward slash ecom. All right, so let's get back to the content because I know you guys are loving this content right now. Peace out. I don't even think I have a store that's that's lived that long um, in terms of longevity, you know? Um, can you talk to us about email marketing? Because eventually you, you took it to another level, not just because you got results for yourself, but you started maybe setting up email marketing campaigns for other people, maybe friends mm-hmm. of yours, relatives of whoever else. And from there, you probably came up with an idea to monetize that skill set that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's what happened. Um, like, I, I, I was the one like most obsessed out of my whole entire like entrepreneur group, like with email marketing. And then uh, so I would like take Gil's store and I'm like, yo, bro, let me set up all these cool flows for you and everything. And I did that for him because um, I think what a newbie's like mindset is when they first like see email marketing, they're like, okay, I'll have an abandoned cart sequence. And they set up an abandoned cart sequence and they, they send like three emails and like, oh, let me change up even more. Let me give out a 10% discount to get them to come back. I'm like, and they think they're doing amazing email marketing. And that's what I thought at first too. I was like, oh, I have abandonment protector, Shopify app and everything. And that's running fine. I got 7% recovery rate. Email marketing game is on point. <laughs> so um, it wasn't until like, I realized like, oh no, you can actually do so many more powerful things than just saying a band, uh, band cart sequence and even more so than just saying uh, like a sales uh, promotion every week or something like that. You can actually go like, really in depth and then like target the messaging uh, exactly uh, the right way to where they are in the customer's journey. So um, with I, my personal favorite uh, email marketing platform is Clavio because Clavio just has so many cool features. Uh, Clavio pretty much like installs like a, fi- uh, a pixel on your site the same way like uh, Facebook would install a pixel on your site where Clavio can track down every single thing that uh, a customer does or like a user does. So Clavio knows like, oh, they're viewing this product, they're viewing this collection, they spent this amount of time on the product, they added this to the car and then they left or something like that. And Clavio knows all this data. And by taking this data, you can actually create like specific triggers to when uh, an email would go out. So for example, like one uh, automation we do for all our clients right now is setting up like a browse abandonment flow. And what browse abandonment flow is, it's like Clavio knows like, okay, this customer viewed this product, then left without checking it out, but they viewed this product for the most amount of time than any other product. So we know that they express some kind of interest in it if they're looking at it for a long uh, period of time. So instead of saying, sending them an email saying like, hey, check out all these cool sales, check out all our stuff, we're like, no, check out this one product that we know you're interested in. And by the way, there's a sale about it right now. So uh, it's hyper-targeted to the user. And because it, it, it talks to the user in such a more personal way, uh, it drives tremendously uh, better results. I, I would say uh, average newbie can expect, like if they're just doing an abandonment protector and maybe they've run a few email campaigns a month, they might be able to get like 5%, if they're lucky, 10% of their revenue coming from email. But when you set up like the flows in the right way that, um, that we set up for all our clients, where you have like a, browse abandoning and a bunch of other triggers that would uh send out like specific emails you can start seeing like 25 30 even 35 percent of revenue coming in from email alone um and i've seen that consistently across the board uh no, you won't like well caveat you won't necessarily get that if you're a drop shipper like you just have a bunch of random products on there 
Um, this more the twenty uh the thirty percent so niche stores, branch. right? The niche stores, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> you can be niche and dropshipper, yeah. But uh, yeah, niche store. Um, yeah, general stores like usually can only get to like fifteen percent, maybe twenty percent. But a niche I think store, less than that, honestly. Yeah. Are they open rates. What's up? You're talking about open rates, no, right? No, no, not open open oh. rates. Um, I'm talking about like percentage of total revenue coming from email. Oh yeah, maybe ten ten percent sounds more realistic. Maybe yeah. even less. Uh, well, we have we have one right now. Uh, it's a total um, a total general store, but they do a really good job at like branding themselves, and uh, they have like some um, some upsellable products. Like they have a fitness um, they have a fish, fitness niche, like a fishing niche, like a bunch of different niches that they have as a general store. But they have multiple products of that same niche, and we got them up to twenty percent. Um, it's a hybrid store. Yeah, it was a hybrid. It was, it was like a. It's like a general niche store. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's like really three types of stores. Down. So let's break that down for you guys. There's, there's pretty much three types of Shopify store that you can build, right? There's a general store, which is a straight gimmicky store where it's just going to say like supergoods.com or sweetdeals.com, you know? And people just upload a ton of products on there and they're just trying to sell. If it sells, it doesn't, you know, who cares, right? If, if it doesn't sell, you still leave the product on there just to leave it on there, you know? And it's all, it could be anything from gizmos, gadgets to mugs, cups, and t-shirts in every single niche, weddings, um, firefighters, like everything, any gimmicky things. Um, you can put like video game niches. It's just stuff that people slap on there. Okay. Um, these were used really, really hot back then in 2015. It's almost like, you know, why even build a niche store back then when you could build a general store, it makes so much more money. That was kind of like the consensus thought process back then. Um, I used to always have, uh, at least two general stores running because if one gets slapped, you just take the product out and put it on the other one. And I usually, I used to run things like that. And that was a great way for me to test products and test niches because if the niche or the product started doing good and I started realizing, Hey, I'm actually pretty good at selling these three products in this exact same niche. Then I would go out of my way to build an own, my own niche store based only around that niche, that subject, you know, kind of like what Kevin did with his fraternity or sorority type of niche, you know? And from there, you can actually build a social media account for each niche um, after you're done testing, right? Well, as, as the time has gone by, right, now that it's 2020, we as consumers stop buying so much from these niche of these general stores, right? We stop buying from these general stores because a lot of consumers started realizing like, yo, these guys are just from AliExpress. I can get that same product on AliExpress for the same price. If I order it from this guy, he's not going to send it to me until two months later, He's never going to answer any of my emails a month from now. The site might not even be there anymore. Facebook might slap Mm. them and take it down, you know? So we're used to that. So what we ended up being drawn to is niche stores because niche stores has an identity. They have a social media account. They have influencers. They have email marketing that is actually copy. The copy on the email marketing actually caters to us. And we actually go to these stores and we like to buy products from these stores. And we actually, you know, do SEO. We go on Google and search for these stores because it's an actual niche store and it caters to us and then there's stores that are in between the niche store and the general store right i call these hybrid stores where they're kind of like a niche store but they have multiple niches into one um general store you know so it's almost like imagine an an umbrella and there's multiple niches inside the umbrella and from there you can kind of brand out a general store if you will kind of like you know amazon is kind of like a brand you know i bought it on amazon right it's kind of like a brand we don't really say like the 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 store inside Amazon. Cause when you go on Amazon, there's actually a bunch of mini stores, a, b- a bunch of you guys might not know that. Um, I actually saw a post recently 
because of the whole COVID-19 stuff. Someone, someone who wasn't an internet marketer posted on Facebook that, hey, I'm just going to stop buying things on Amazon. Instead, I'm going to buy it from a local small business. And I'm like, you do realize <laughs> Amazon kind of is a local small business too, because mm -hmm. there are a ton of sellers on Amazon that are regular people like you and I that just sell on Amazon. And we just happen to use Amazon as a traffic source, right? So that's kind of, and Etsy is the same way too. Um, so yeah, so when you're out there and, and you started doing these email marketing campaigns for your friends and, and, and different people that you know, what made you um, convinced to turn this into like a full-time business to the point where now this is actually what you're known for and what you do? Yeah, yeah, well, I started realizing I'm spending so much time doing this. I'm just excited to help off all my friends and everything, make them more money. I'm like, wait, why am I doing this for free? <laughs> yeah. So, cause like it drew, it drove tremendous results for the business, tremendous results for my business and everything. So, um, at that point I'm like, well, I know how hard it was for me to like fully learn everything about cloud, though, everything about email marketing, everything about deliverability. Like I like, I think one of the most frustrating things with the email marketing is it's super hard, like, like really maintain. And if you're not careful about it, you can really end up like, in a bad situation is like um, email deliverability. So um, you, you said like 10% open rates or like 15% open rates. That really kind of depends. That depends like how they're treating the list. Like if they're treating the list like really bad and just sending it out to everyone on the list, eventually Google is going to be like, or Gmail, Yahoo uh, mail or what have you. It's going to like start like realizing like, Hey, this is a spammer. Let's start blocking them and start throwing their emails down. And and um, it's super like intricate to like try like maintain it, try like learn about exactly how to like craft the right messaging, how to segment out the, the, the list in the correct way. So you can get open rates like 20 to 30% on average. And when you get those kind of rates, like Google is just gonna give you like an A plus rating. You're gonna be able to send more and more emails because they're gonna know you're not a spammer. And so it's things like that that took me so long to learn that I'm like, I feel like other businesses aren't taking the time to learn this because Facebook ads is so much more enticing, more exciting to do. You just, you know, you put money at it and then you see a return. It's awesome. But, um, and sometimes I feel like business owners get a little bit too caught up in that. So uh, we, I created email for e-com to like try to help out those business owners who were crushing with Facebook ads, crushing with everything else, crushing with like paid advertised methods, just like don't have the time for them to, to like learn all this like, really slow progress email marketing kind of um, system. And um, they know that's valuable, but they just, they just haven't gotten into it yet. So I realized like if I can start reaching out to them and start like talking to them and start telling them exactly what I can do to help, like, they, they usually just jump right on board. They're like, yeah, thank you. Like email marketing, I just, you know, never got to it. But I know it's so important for my business. And uh, so after talking to uh, a, few, um, a few of those kind of people, we signed on a few of our first clients and, uh, it was a whole entire other process just having learned uh, how to create an agency and like run an agency model because it is, it is a little bit different than e-commerce, um, but they share a lot of the same uh, similarities. Um, but now, like I, I'd say like where I'm at in my, my, uh, my businesses right now, um, like my, my e-com store is kind of still running. It's, it's uh, I'm just going to keep having it continue to grow, like just like very kind of passively, but I'm pouring a lot more of my effort nowadays into the agency type of business. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just to let you guys like re-alliterate re a lot of this stuff for you guys, okay? If you're not out there running email marketing flows or having like Clavio or uh, Wilio on your store or whatever all these devices are to capture email marketing campaigns, and this is not just for like e-commerce alone, right? For any of you guys doing like personal branding at all or any type of funnels mm -hmm. or even affiliate marketing, okay? I just hopped off a call with an affiliate marketer that was making all sorts of money, like 60 grand a month. Um, promoting 
other people's offer, other people's e-commerce offer, right? Whether it's protein shakes or something like that, but they're selling other people's offers as, as an affiliate, right? Or even like skateboards and, and things like that, kettlebells. Okay? If you're not out there capturing emails, you're missing out on a lot of free money. Like it's just free money. You know, you're, yeah, totally. you're making sales, you're not generating leads. You know, if you're making sales and you're not generating leads or, or you're not generating leads before the sale or even after the sale or even with abandonment cart, you're missing on a lot of traffic, free traffic that you could have. And it's also branding, you know, having an email list and, and being able to connect with your, your audience um, gives you 20 times more authority, you know, than just a random website out there on the internet that no one can reach out to, no one can communicate with, no one can connect with. Um, how often are you actually emailing your, your audience? So we usually do about <clears throat> three or four emails uh, per week. Um, and then obviously we send out a lot more of emails like during like special events like Black Friday or Christmas or something like that. Um, so for those special events, we send out uh, a lot more emails. Maybe we even do like for, for Christmas, for example, we do 12 days of Christmas special for our, all our clients, like a new deal every, every day for 12 days. So, yeah. um, and those kind of events we send out a lot, but usually about three or four times a week. And I think, I think that's what like everyone should aim for. Okay. So three to four times a week, you should be blasting out these emails. Um, what about like messenger or text message? Do you actually bother going that route? Well, caveat on what I just said at first, if you're sending out three or four times a week, you have to only send out to your engaged audience. So you want to filter out to only send out to people who've opened an email from you in the, in the past three months. Because mm -hmm. you sound to a whole entire engaged audience, then obviously your open rates are going to start getting lower. You get a bad reputation with your uh, Gmail account. So uh, oh, okay. I usually like to send out um, uh, probably like once or twice a month. I send out to my whole entire list just to like reach out people who aren't in that three month window, try to get them back in that three month window. But any more than that, you're going you're gonna to start getting the, you know, the, the bad books of uh, Gmail, you know, get blacklisted by them, which is, you know, that's annoying to try to recover. But um. Uh, what would you do to recover that? Would you just start over? Oh, so we've actually recovered a few. Um, one thing you can do is um, if you're using Clavio, per se, um, you're using Clavio's IP address to send out emails from. What you can ask Clavio to do is like, hey, can I send out from my own IP address? So um, you, can, you can switch over to your own IP address and get a dedicated IP address, which is like pretty much like your domain name.com, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're sending out emails from that domain. And the way you can do is uh, you want to slowly only have the, uh, the right emails running for probably like two weeks. So you only have like high engage rate uh, emails, like your receipts and uh, your abandoned card emails, like anything that would give you above like 20% open rates. And uh, after you have that running for a few weeks, then you only want to send out to people who've opened in the last one month. And then you're like, okay, I'm getting above like 30% open rates on that. And then you want, only want to send out to like people who opened the last two months and after three months. And then you want to keep on doing that until you start seeing um, like, 20 or 30% people opening. And it's, you're going to know when it happens because you're going to see just like, oh, we just sent out to the same list and we got twice the open rates. Okay, Google likes us now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's going to be clear as day. It's like, oh, okay, I'm not on the shit list anymore. And I've seen some clients I take on, they have open rates like 1% or 2%. I'm like, oh man, what are you, what have you been doing? Because <laughs> yeah. they're making some money from it, but like they're, they're, they're neglecting so many of their uh, people on their list because they're just ending up in spam, but they, they would buy from you if you weren't in spam. So um, you, you can make your way out of it and repair your domain. Yeah, just, just switch your IP address to your dedicated IP address, send out like slowly to the most high engaging emails, and then just slowly warm up the list from there. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so it seems like email marketing has its own um algorithm that you have to like work exactly. around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does Clavio yeah. work for things that are non-e-commerce or is it strictly just Shopify? Uh, Clavio works, uh, Clavio can integrate with any kind of site. I only work with the e-commerce stores, but I do know Clavio can integrate with many different things. So, um, do you have like influencers or, um, coaches like, uh, yeah. part of your audience trainings, trainings and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I know is that you can install your Clavio pixel on, uh, on any site. So like ClickFunnels? ClickFunnels too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure ClickFunnels can install Like it, it's, it's just an HTML code that you install anything. So. Clavio can know like, oh, for example, ClickFunnels, Clavio can know, okay, they went to this, uh, the second part of the funnel and then make it to the third or fourth part. And then we can send out a uh, targeted email just to people who made it to the second part of the funnel or you know, who, who made it all the way to the last part but didn't buy. And you can send out a different messages like that. So Clavio that can integrate insane. with those kind of things. That's crazy. Yeah. So is that hard, all hard to set up? I might have to like use Clavio because right now I'm using Aweber for my uh -huh. personal brand. And I don't know if it has like that type of technology. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't studied much about any kind of other email service providers like Aweb or anything, but I just know Clavio is just awesome for, for those kind of things. So you might want to yeah. switch over to that. Yeah, that's <laughs> I cool. can help you out too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I might have to hit you up about that. Do you have um Do you have copywriters doing your email stuff for you? Yeah, yeah. So um, at first, like when we took on clients, like I was just doing it all myself, which is like you know another thing I had to learn about like running an agency. Now we have a uh, a full time copywriter working for for us. We have a full time project manager working for us. Full time design team working for us. So um, we have all those parts together. And I would say um, for email uh, in general, like you know you can do if you just do the basics, like you can get like. 10 to 15% more revenue right now. Like if you're not doing any kind of email, you should really just get on it. But if you want to take that 10 to 15% to like 25 to 30% and double it, um, you're going to need really good copy and you're going to really need to like start split testing uh, what can work. Like you want to see like exactly what kind of things your audience, every niche is different. So anytime we take on a client, it's like kind of a discovery phase of like, how is this niche going to react to like a uh, really enthusiastic, uh, enthusiastic, uh, like email subject line or like a really more direct, like just take 10% off subject line. So we have to go in there and kind of split test, like the open rates compared to those kind of things. And once we know like the kind of messaging, our copywriters just like fully take over that whole entire kind of persona and like write all the copy in like, in that kind of way. Yeah, that makes sense. That's crazy. Yeah. So I had a copywriter on here too, um, earlier today. That's why I brought that up. Um, mm -hmm. Let's segue a little bit into the subscription model. Cause yeah, I know me and you, we, we have like a little course coming out where, you know, we actually yeah. show people how to not just get paid one time from your customers, but recurring month to month after month after month. Um, how did you get into the subscription model business? Oh, uh, anxiety. Shopify <laughs> 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 anxiety. Uh, I hate it. I, I, I hate having like a six figure month of revenue. Right. And then like January comes along and then, then it's not six figures anymore. And you're like, God damn it. You know, now I got to work out again. And like the anxiety of not knowing where my income is going to be. Like back when I first started, like I was like, I can't live my life like this. I can't live my life by the roller coasters of, of Shopify sales. <laughs> because you have amazing highs, but you also have amazing lows. And uh, so I, I really want more stability in my income. So I, I want to segue into uh, creating a subscription box or some kind of subscription where I can like make recurring income every single month that I know I can depend on. And uh, then my Shopify sales can just be like a little bit extra. I know like at the end of the day, I'm making enough to sell my subscription box just to like live my life the way I live. So anything else extra, awesome. But you know, I'm not, I'm not like 
not dependent on needing the roller coaster to go my way. I have my subscription box like to handle my life, you know? So it was kind of that desire and that need just to of stability is why I transitioned into that. Too. Yeah. I mean, subscription uh, model is one of the better models that you, you know, it's, it's really good to transition into because let's say a customer were to buy something from you. Not only do you now have to like follow up with email or hope that they come back with remarketing or whatever, but if you can get them onto a subscription model where they're just going to keep paying you over and over and over again, it's going to allow you to pay more money to acquire the customer, you know? So you're not really p pissed off or fed up when the ads aren't working the way you want them to work, especially during this time of need, right? Everyone's online these days. Um, there's a lockdown worldwide. People are all, all on the internet. And, you know, if you have something that automatically bills them in return for like, you know, a product or service, then that's, you know, really one of the easiest ways to kind of get started in not having anxiety with the ups and downs of, Shopify and drop shipping and things like that. So yeah, it seems like you, so right after college, it seems like you went out of your way to learn like a lot of new skills and a lot of new mm -hmm. things when it comes to business and just trainings. Right. So for mm -hmm. those people listening right now, right. If they're looking to, you know, learn a lot of this stuff. Okay. You mentioned Ezra Firestone's course, you mentioned Chris Rector's course and other things, trial and error, right. Doing something, failing, figuring it out. Would you recommend, um, like going out there and getting courses or trainings over going to college and, and getting like a marketing degree? Oh, well, I mean, hundred percent. I've learned way more off all the courses I bought than like my education. Like I think, I mean, maybe not more because I learned a lot of useless crap in college, but like all my ROI skills, it came from courses. I, I mean, maybe economic theory helps me out a little bit, but I would say that's not worth it. Like you want to learn some practical skills and like real world skills. Like you can just courses have helped me out so much. Like that's been like my, my biggest ROI in my education is uh, getting courses. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would recommend, you know, courses. If you, if you don't want to get the courses, at least keep watching the free training until you feel comfortable enough to get the course. Right. Cause sometimes courses could be crazy expensive. Sometimes you don't want to commit to it. I totally understand where people like that are coming from. I mean, if colleges, had free training too for like the first year to see if that's what you want to do. That'd be awesome too, you know, instead of paying so much money just to jump right in. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of free content out there. Um, a lot of courses actually have like 30 day money back guarantee, 14 day money back guarantees and things like that. So, and also try on error, you know, don't be afraid to go out there and just spend a thousand dollars, $500 on ads and see what it gives you, you know? Um, so when you go, when you're out there, right. And let's say you're learning these new skills and you're, you're, buying these courses or you're attending events, you're, you're talking to guys like Gil, you're networking, you're trying things out. Um, what would you say is the difference, the differences between kind of like the people that end up making money and going full-time online and the ones that never make it to that level? Uh, I would say that's, it's all mindset. Like it, it's a hundred percent mindset. Like if you don't have the right mindset, you don't have the right foundation to grow any of the skills on. Like you can teach, like you can give like the best, like, like business strategies, the best courses, the best, whatever, like be mentored by whatever, but if you don't have the right mindset, um, you're not going to, not going to build it. You're not going to have the perseverance to, cause like it, it's, there's, there's some hardships. So you're creating business. Like it's like, you have to like motivate yourself to actually go off and do something that you, that you don't know that's going to work. That, that's, that's pretty terrifying. You know, a lot of people, they only like to like, you know, I mean, we're trained this throughout our whole entire lives, like in school and everything. And like, I would see all my, my college friends and everything. You're trained to like, hey, here's your homework assignment. Now go do your homework assignment. And was it good or bad? Okay, you know, it's like, and then you go get a job. And your boss tells you do this or do that. And you do it. And then, oh, great. 
Now it's like, it's you telling yourself what to do. And that's a totally different, totally different like energy, I guess, you know, you're, you're, you're now like, now you're now your own boss and now you have to tell yourself, okay, today I'm going to start working on this. Today I'm going to make myself do this no matter what. Then I'm going to read this no matter what. Today I'm going to watch this course no matter what. And today I'm just going to like try this no matter what. And if I lose money, whatever, I'm learning, you know, like, and you constantly have to have like this vision at the end of the day, that's going to work out. But you know, you got to have the, uh, I don't know, I guess the, the bravery or the courage to go into like the unknown and like go try it out in the first place. Uh, I mean, it definitely gets easier over time after you have your first success, like your subs uh, subsequent successes just get like so much momentum. Easier. Yeah. Yeah. You get so much momentum. Like after you create your first, like after you make your first money online, you, you get addicted, you know, it's possible. And then you can keep on doing it. And then as soon as you have money coming in, you can start like investing in other things that like you don't care as much if they fail or not. And I've had a few other side projects I've tried and they failed, but I was like, whatever, I already have this one thing coming in that's working. So I would say, I would say it's also the hunger too. You know, people really have to want it. Like people have to like live or die. Like I'm going to make this happen or, you know, like, or, or, or not, like I will make this happen. Uh, so you really have to have that drive. Cause if you're just like, kind of like diddling around with it, hoping it works out and like, you know, like putting like one hour of effort a week into it, or even like one hour and effort a day into it. Like, no, you gotta go, kind of go balls to the wall with it. Like I was putting in, like when I was like studying at university, like I was, I was like trying to pass my exams. But anytime I wasn't like working on uh, like studying, I was like working on the business. And like, if I, if I wasn't scaling up enough, I, I wouldn't like feel comfortable about partying or anything or doing uh, kind of those extracurriculars. So I was always just really on, on top of things and I really wanted to make it work. So uh, at the end of the day, it's like, no matter what kind of training you get, you really have to want it and you have to have the right mindset and foundation that it's going to work out in the end. And I would say that, you know, if you don't already have that hunger, if you don't already have that mindset, you can acquire it. And I really think just through reading books or just like, like consuming good content can be like a really good key of a surrounding guy. yourself with people like that. Surrounding yourself. Yeah. Surrounding yourself with the right people too is, is huge. Um, but if you don't, if you don't have those people yet, just picking up a book. I, I mean, I love, it's probably not applicable now, but the four hour work week was just like such a game changer in my, my, uh, my, my development. Um, it just gave me a lot of motivation for that. And just reading a bunch of other business books and watching content. It'll motivate it, that might motivate you to to get out there and do it but if you're not motivated you're not going to do anything i guess that's that's my view on the thing yeah i mean there's there's a lot on that what what are some things that you said you you would or what are some things that you probably when you were coming up and building your business or even right now today that you had to sacrifice in order to for the business you know uh sacrifice a lot of my time it's a lot of my time um like my, my, my health to it sometimes, like, you know, I don't recommend it, but like we, uh, <laughs> I mean, back in the day of, uh, you know, just, uh, drink a lot of coffee, you know, taking Adderall here and there, just, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, um, I had to sacrifice like that. Um, I was had to sacrifice a lot of time. Like I, I didn't want, I didn't like go out as much as I wanted to. And, um, you know, you got to make it happen. Like I, what about I was, hobbies like, and stuff, hobbies and stuff. I mean, I was all, I would say I sacrificed a, a good amount, but like I definitely had a good balanced life. You know, like I sacrificed any kind of leisure time. I think that's why I took out of it. There wasn't any time I wasn't doing something. Like I think a lot of people like like to just like like do leisure stuff, like like watch TV or you know like just dick around on the internet or I I don't even know what they do with their time. Go out drinking every single night, you know. Um, especially the drinking and party thing can take up a lot of time. So. Um, I didn't have any of that. Like I partied, but like, I wouldn't have like any kind of downtime was where I wasn't doing something where I wasn't growing, where it wasn't building upon my future. 
Yeah. Um. That's yeah. So that's like a huge can of worms, you know, that we just talked about right now in terms of mindset and really wanting to do this weird entrepreneur thing, right? This internet marketing, laptop lifestyle, making good money online, working at home, no degree, no um boss, things like that. Guys, this is not a get rich quick scheme, you know. I know sometimes it seems like okay, so and so got rich quick, or so and so did what, and now he's making what uh, x amount. But this is like a full-time business. Okay, this is something that you have to commit to, like almost each and every single day. Like, what, what did you say? Like every single day, you're working on your business or you're thinking about your business. And when you go out and you see stuff, you're you're talking about business. Okay. Whenever I talk to my business friends, my marketing friends that I've met all around the world, Kevin included, we literally talk about business just as passionately as some of you guys talk about your fantasy sport teams. Okay. And some of you guys can go hard on like <laughs> yeah, fantasy oh, sports. Yeah, exactly. Some of you guys go hard on your video game chats. Okay. And, and some of you guys have like group chats just for a lot of these random subjects and hobbies that you have. But you have to understand that when we're out there and we're doing this stuff, it's our lifestyle. Like entrepreneurship is not just what we do. It's who we are. You know, it's, it's a day in and day out activity. Um, and that's part of the reason why I made this podcast. Cause I came to, came to a certain place in my life where I had to ask myself, you know, if I were to die, do I want to be remembered for just some guy who sold a bunch of t-shirts or, you know, if that's, if that's the case and I fail that life, I want to actually go out there and, and kind of spread entrepreneurship to as many people as possible and help people kind of build up the best versions of themselves. And that the best way I know to do that is through entrepreneurship. Okay. And, and to think that you can just go out there and, you know, continue, you know, with the video games, the nonstop partying and all the other things like that without having to cut back on some of those things. And, and it's not to say that we don't like to have fun. Okay. Like Kevin said, we, we, I mean, no one likes to have fun as much as me, man. Believe me, um, going out, doing, doing all the fun things. Everybody wants to go have fun. Right. But at the same time, it's going to be 20 times funner once you have money. Right. Duh. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. You know, um, I remember smoking weed back in the day, like, especially in high school, the weed was never that good when you have homework to do. Never, you know, mm. it's just not that good. It, going out and partying never felt right when, you know, there's like so much homework to do at home. I'm stressed out. I'm a project. I want to fail this class. It always feels a thousand times better when everything's done. Okay. And especially when, you know, scale that up to now, um, you know, I'm not going to school anymore, but like when you have money, your business is right. Things are going good. You can actually go out and party and not feel guilty about it and not feel like you're wasting money and actually feel good. You know, um, it's a lifestyle. You know, if you're listening to this call right now, you're probably one of those people that treats it like a lifestyle because who the heck goes on these type of podcasts or who the heck goes on YouTube to watch these type of videos? You know, most of the people that do that are just degenerate marketers like you and I, you and I that just want to, you know, further advance our knowledge, right? Most people go on these type of things to watch like Logan Paul videos or something else like that. Um, but yeah, um, right now we'll open it up to like just random subjects because, or is there anything else you want to add about marketing and business? Yeah, yeah. There, there's uh, one thing I want to add about like uh, the hustle and drive and like you know, having the right mindset and the lifestyle and everything. Uh, everything I said before, like where you really had to grind and you really had to focus on it. I would say I would just like from the start, you know, like I was like only just really disciplined with myself and really like go at, like at it when I was like first starting the business, when I was first getting my first momentum, when I was first getting my first success, like, um, but now, like nowadays, like my business is managed, you know, I, I work hard. I, I, I see it grow, but like, I'm not stressed out ever. I go enjoy myself. You know, I go surfing every single day now in Hawaii, um, having, having a good time, go drink with my buddies when I want. And like, now, like now I have time for some like leisure activities. Now I play the new, uh, I'm playing Spider-Man, uh, 
Spider-Man on uh, PS4 right now, actually. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't feel guilty about it because I know, like, my business, right? I know every, all the pieces are going together. And now I have employees that work hard. <laughs> so it's like, I think, I think you just have, like, really, you only have to sacrifice for like, a little bit. Like, you don't have to sacrifice a lot when you first get going. But after you get going, like, it's not your whole life is going to be just about like restricting yourself and just working your, your life can open it up. to like all this like cool stuff. You can have the ability to just go off and, and go travel. You want, like I just came from Brazil cause I just, I just wanted to live in Brazil for a few months and, and that was fun. And me and my buddies got drunk every single weekend and got tables every weekend. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> but um, so you can let loose a little bit more like after you, um, after you finally get that first success and after you get the momentum going after, you know, your business is in the right place where it can grow even if you took yourself out of the business. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Dave Ramsey always says like, you want to live like no one else so that you can live like no one else, you know? So it's just like make, make the sacrifices, um, especially while you're young. You know, I, if some of you guys listening to this, usually my demographic would be 18 to 35 year old uh, men. You guys mm -hmm. are listening to this. You know, when you're young, might as well go all out on, on the things that you actually want to do with your life. You know, you want to be a rock star, go get it, you know, because what's, what's going to happen when you get married and you have kids in the future, you can't go out there and do all the things that you actually want to do with your life anymore. You're stuck to your job. You got to pay the bills next week. You know, but when you're young, I mean, can, what, 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 what's the worst that could happen if, if Kevin were to fail in these five different business ventures or things like that, he can always just go back to get a job. You know, he has a college degree, you know, it's a worst case scenario, you know, which is one of our biggest fears, right? Entrepreneurs. Biggest fear is to have <laughs> For to real. Yeah, no, I would never, yeah. never do that. <laughs> but I mean, that's everyone else's dream, right? Is to get a job one day. So even mm. if you keep failing, you can always just go back and just go get a job eventually or go back to school. You don't have a college degree. Go to school when you're 30, you know, or whatever, you know? So who cares what other people think? It's, it's worth it to just go out and get it and play full out, you know, give it your 18 hour days or, or 12 hour days, eight hour days, do that for a couple of years and see where you're at. You know, I guarantee if you put in that many hours for that many years, you're going to see massive results. And at the end of those massive results, by the time you're on year two, year three, year four, you're going to have time to do whatever it is that you want to do. If you want to continue scaling, if you want to put your, your, efforts into a different project. And I know some people, they hop from, they hop from project to project to project, right? Like you see mm -hmm. Elon Musk, you know, he does PayPal, he didn't build PayPal. And then he went on to do like Tesla and SpaceX. They just keep wanting to do big, big projects. And then some people want to just chill out after one or two big projects. You know, um, for me, I'm more of the let's chill out type of thing because I don't really feel the need to have to work that, that hard. Like, you know, if you look at guys like Alex Becker, the dude like sold everything he owned just to continue building a different type of business and stuff like that. So it's pretty crazy. Alex Becker is crazy. I've been watching his content like lately. I'm like, damn, this guy's going to a whole entire another level. <laughs> yeah, de definitely. So much discipline. So yeah. Um, so let's talk about traveling right now. How many, where have you gone or what, what are some dope places that, you know, cause as entrepreneurs, especially work from home, internet marketers, it actually gives you the opportunity to travel and work from anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, travel's been awesome. I mean, that's like one of the main reasons I, I, I gravitate towards um, doing this in the first place, like the laptop lifestyle, digital nomad lifestyle. Uh, just travel is just so amazing. It's like amazing. It, it, it's like, I think it's like one of my favorite benefits of, uh, of doing these kind of business, like uh, hands down. Um, places I've been, like I just came from ba um, Brazil, but I've been to Bali before that. Bali was awesome. I've been like, I don't know, like, maybe 30, 32 countries so far. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so some, some just for like a day or two, like, uh -huh. 
I was only in like uh, Amsterdam for one day, and I, I count that. But um, all countries I've lived like long term. Um, if uh, if you get the opportunity to, I, I think Bali Bali's starting to get a bad rap right now. Have you been in Bali yet, Peter? I have never been to Bali. Oh, bro, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, so I went I went two years ago, and when I went two years ago, it was awesome because there was a bunch of like laptop like lifestyle guys like who made money like me and like we're actually doing some cool things. Uh -huh. but I think it's a lot of people who go there now and like they don't. It's kind of like the blind leading the blind now. So like. You get a mix of people who are doing a lot like high level stuff and you get a mix of people who like don't know what they're doing. But overall, like I, that, that's, that's an amazing place because there's just so many people like in the same mindset and the same like mentality. Like everyone there wants to be an entrepreneur. It's like, it's like an island of entrepreneurs. Or <laughs> it, it's, it's the coolest thing ever. And it's got cool surf and everything. Uh, good clubs to go off to. Um, healthy food every single day. You can just get like, I, I would say I'd spend $5 for breakfast and I would get like an acai bowl full like eggs like uh sauces and everything like kombucha on the side like super cheap and what's awesome about like living a lot of lifestyle is like if you're making a lot of money you can start saving a lot of money too by, by going to these kind of countries that like are, are much lower cost per living i think like i think brazil where i just came from like it's like a third of the cost of living in new york just your day-to-day -day life so you can just stack up cash just by like living outside the country and doing some cool things so you can do like kind of two good things at once. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's everyone's dream, right? So be able to travel and kind of live like life on your own terms. Do whatever you want. Do you ever miss home at all? Or uh, no, no. Uh, well, I'm in, I'm in America right now in Hawaii. So uh, technically I'm here, but every yeah. time I'm here, I just want to get out. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, I'm tired of America. <laughs> that's funny. That's still. Yeah. What? Oh. Um, but what's a uh, what's cool like little thing, I don't, I don't know if you know about this, but maybe some of your listeners would benefit from knowing about this too, is if you live outside of America for uh, 11 months out of the year, um, I think it's like three, 330 out of 365 days, you can file like a cool tax extension that like you get like $100,000 of personal income tax free if you live outside of America for that long. So it just, it's, you get tax benefits even for traveling around the world uh, as well. So there's, there's so many benefits to doing it. Oh, that's dope. Damn, that's crazy. Have you hit that goal too? 330 days? Uh, no, no, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> but I was going to do it this year, but then the coronavirus hit. And then I guess travel is not really good right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, supposedly it's really cheap right now, though. Yeah, it's cheap. But like, I'm, I'm more so worried about like the healthcare system or... Yeah, absolutely. Everything. Yeah, not to get... Not, I don't want to jump into any political stuff, uh, but... I just think it was ironic because like me and my friend were in Chile uh, in Brazil and then the coronavirus starts going around and they're like, yo, we got to leave Brazil. We're going to start rioting. I don't want to be in any country where there's riots. <laughs> America. <laughs> I'm like, well. <laughs> you go to America, there's no riots in America, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally, totally cool. Hawaii's chilling safe here, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, did you like learn a lot in moving around, traveling around and stuff like that? Um. Oh, like, by, by learn, it's like, I mean, I, le I learned how, like, I'm learning how to speak another language right now, and that's been, like, really fun. Um, Portuguese? Portuguese, yeah. Nice. Um, I want to learn Portuguese, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, you do jiu-jitsu. You just, like, you, know, <laughs> talk, you want to talk to your, uh, you know, your, your sensei sometimes. Passa Gorda is one of my words I learned. There's a uh, Mataleon, 
the lion killers, the re- naked choke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been fun. I, I've been really enjoy- like I, one reason I stayed in college was because like I really like I like learning. I like learning things in general. So learning a language is like something to keep my mind stimulated while I'm outside of college. That's been fun. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of other cool sco- uh, skills I learned too. I learned how to ski while I was in Switzerland. Went up to the uh, the uh, the Swiss Alps and everything. That was amazing. It's like you're above the clouds and everything. <laughs> Wasn't it amazing scary. at first. Yeah, yeah, it was scary. So I, I went with my ex girlfriend, and and she she has she has a uh, uh, she knows like the area and everything, but she doesn't like really know the area. She's like, yeah, I've been skiing here before, so it's my first time skiing. And she takes me up to the the top of the mountain, and we're above the clouds, and we just look down. It's like a forty. I don't, I don't know. It's just a super steep incline, like ridiculous. And I'm like. Yo, this is my first time I ever had skis on my feet. I don't know what to do. <laughs> we just, we asked like an instructor. I'm like, hey, uh, where's the bunny slopes? They're like, no, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> but, Did you go uh, down? Yeah, I walked down. Yeah, I just walked down the hill because you had to go down the steep hill and then then the bunny slopes over there. And, That's uh, funny. But yeah, it was super cool because like I, I just um you know like it's not the ability to like just bought a ski tutor for the day. Um, taught me how to ski through like. I think it was like three hours of tutoring or training. I got it down pretty well because I used to play hockey and kind of like similar skills. But um, a school, cool skill to learn like how to do that. I learned how to surf in Bali. Got like the same instructors in Bali. And like they just like, oh my God, it's cheap. I think it was like $5 a day to like wow. learn surf. Oh, I got to go yeah. to Bali. <laughs> Bro, it's, it's amazing there. Um, yeah, yeah, the dude's just like, yeah, I'll teach you how to surf. We just taught how to surf. Like he pushed me on some waves. I got down. Like now I'm able to surf here in Hawaii. Um, what other weird skills have I picked up? I don't know. I think that might be it. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu's yeah, been awesome, actually. Like, yeah. that. I love the fact of, like, going to different countries and training with different gyms all the time. Um, like, for example, like, yeah, I, I told you about um, BJJ Trotters, right? Yeah. All amazing community doing that. Like, I, I think. Yeah, tell them we, what that is real quick. Yeah, sure. So, BJJ Globetrotters, shout out to them. They have uh, – jiu-jitsu camps all across the world and uh so they have different locations every single time so the last one i went to was in um i forget where in germany but somewhere in germany heidelberg yeah it was in heidelberg germany and people from all across the world go do that everyone who trains jiu-jitsu like likes to travel goes there and that's pretty much like the place for jiu-jitsu guys who like to travel so um I, they're doing a camp in iceland uh coming up next month and you know, TV determined if I'm going or not because Iceland may not be open to Americans yet. So next month it is. Yeah, next month. Yeah. Shoot, man, it sounds so tempting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about jujitsu real quick. The best subject of the podcast. Um, Definitely. <laughs> when did you When did you start training? Uh, too long ago, man. I should be so much better than where I am. But uh, I started training um, like 2014, I'd say. Uh huh. Yeah um have you when was the last time you trained bro too long man i think i think february february so do you train like consistently these days or no not as much bro like <laughs> if, 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 I, if i'm gonna start fighting people on the hawaiian beach just so i can get some, some training here <laughs> all the they gyms have, are still closed <laughs> oh they're still closed over there yeah yeah they're still closed over here we haven't had a case in in a month but it's too it's still too high risk of a business that's hilarious. I mean, everything's open here, but we have a lot of cases. So jelly. I I don't. Uh, the governor here is is ridiculous. But uh, like we we just opened up bars and restaurants at like twenty five percent capacity like last week. Oh shoot, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So 
Oh, oh Jim's open. Living? I can start lifting. Uh, Maui. Yeah, what Kihei. part of Maui? Kihei? Kihei. Oh, yeah, Kihei. Oh, so you live um on top, right? That's south, yeah. Okay, you live you live north. Yeah. No, no, Kihei, Kihei is south, and then Kaulului, I think I pronounced that right, is, is north. Okay. So do you, okay, so you live, or I kind of know where that is, I think. Do you, do you live near Paella? Paella. I hear, I hear these names all the time. I might live near Paella. <laughs> okay. Paella. I know, because I know for sure there's jujitsu gyms, like at least two or three of them in Maui. Yeah, oh, no, Paella is, uh, no, that's super far for me. Um, I'm like south, Paella is like to east of Kaolui, and then I'm directly south of both those places. Okay, yeah, I know where you are. You live kind of like in the desert area-ish, right? No. <laughs> no? Okay, never mind. <laughs> but you live near like Big Beach, it. right? Yeah, I live near Big Beach and yeah. Little Beach. Wait, have you been to Little Beach? Yeah, it's a naked beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've been there, right? Yeah, I've been there. Uh, the grandpa's I, there and stuff like that. <laughs> some, some dude just have giant balls just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, it's a different culture there. Hawaii's pretty dope. Yeah. 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 Man, if their jujitsu schools are open, I might have to go there, but they're not. <laughs> can't leave anywhere that doesn't have jujitsu. Um, yeah, I'm actually, um, I'm actually moving from here um, next next week, actually. Uh, oh, where are you going? Out here. Uh, so. <laughs> I like to say like the SDA, like Gil's group and Gil's my group, we're kind of like the Dragon Balls. We like to like gather up every once in a while and like gather all of us together. <laughs> we're going to Arizona, all of us. Like, really? Uh, yeah. Just just for a weekend of partying. Because uh, I think the bars are still open there. So we just want to party with, without some steam. Next um, month? Yeah. No, actually next week. So we'll be there next week. Next week. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's interesting. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Are you doing jujitsu there too or? No, not there, but then I'm moving to Miami afterwards. And uh-huh. then my uh, shout out to my homeboy, Carmichael. Carmichael is a beast in jiu-jitsu, so I'll just be training off, uh, off with him soon. He, he like, right. trained at, like, Nogi uh, BJJ Worlds, like, way, way long ago. I think he placed, like, second or third. He's a, uh-huh. he's a monster. <laughs> Purple belt? Black belt? Blue belt. Blue belt. Sandbagging oh, ass shit. blue belt. <laughs> yeah, there's always people like that. That's funny. All right, then, man. I think I'm going to go ahead and end the call. We've been on for over an hour. So anything else? Oh, how do people find you? Like your agency and um, websites and things like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so if, if you're interested in working with me with email marketing, if you want to blow up your uh, email revenue to like 25, 30%, even more, maybe, you can check us out at uh, emailforecom.com, uh, uh, F-O-R, email for ecom. Um, yeah, so you can go there if you're interested. Uh, you can check out our case studies and check out the work that we done. Check out some of our blogs. You know, we have some tips on there about how to uh, increase your email marketing uh, best practices. Uh, if, if you're interested, you can schedule a call with us. And no, we like we'd like to do an audit on everyone's account. Like we want to make sure that we can actually even help you out first. You know, if we look at your account, we're like, nah, you don't really seem like you can benefit from us, then we we won't work together. But you know, if uh, if we'll we'll check it out and actually make sure we can actually provide a service before consider working together and uh if you want to follow my personal page check out some cool uh travel stuff you can follow me on instagram yeah um if you guys are watching this on youtube i'm going to leave all his information on the description below too so you guys can go ahead and check that out that's it for this call guys thank you guys for sticking around and i'll see you guys in the next episode cool thanks so much peter catch it
hey thank you so much for taking the time out to watch this video um i hope you guys enjoyed it please hit the subscribe button or if you have a question at all feel free to leave a question in the comment section below if you want to check out any of my courses or my training programs or you want to follow me on instagram join my facebook group follow me on snapchat all the links are in the description below if you're listening in on podcast and there's no description below please go to www.peterchanjr.com forward slash learn more again that's www.peterchanjr.com forward slash learn more and i'll see you guys in the next video Ready.